1: I'm Honey German. And I'm Carolina Bermudez. And, and this, this is Life in Spanglish. in Spanglish. And you know we're cooking it up in here. We got that arroz con pollo waiting for you. Why are you looking at me so confused? Because I'm like, what we cooking? We don't <laughs> have a stove. <laughs> you got the bajo. I'll get, you know, you got the mangu. We got it all for you at Life in
2: Spanglish. I
1: need a sancocho <laughs> if I'm getting any type of food. Listen and follow on the iHeartRadio app or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: Welcome
4: to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Movie Crush Halloween Horror Square Table Edition Part 2 with Annie, Joe, and
3: Ramsey. Hey. (laughs) Do you realize this table isn't square? This is a parallelogram, but... uh, It's a rectangle. rectangle. Isn't every square a rectangle or is it the other way around? Every square is a rectangle, but not every rectangle is a square. Oh, Joe.
1: (laughs) Oh, no. Leave. (laughs) Go to New York. Go find (laughs) Noel. You're both dead
3: to me. In a very
4: inventive uh, way, though, I'm going to Yeah, put it. if I was dead to you, how would you kill me? Yes, yeah, so I would put a pitchfork, <laughs> but just one time through your temple. Okay. <laughs> oh, whoa. I would bend it yeah. out and just yeah. insert oh, one wow. time very gently. <laughs> and kill me with a square.
1: Very <laughs> gently. I like that. All
4: right, you guys. So we're going to talk this time. Um, let's just start talking about what we've watched this month because I put the charge out a few weeks ago to kind of, you know, start watching some slasher pics and i as we talked about on the last time have not seen a ton of these and so i was able to watch uh 3 over the past 3 nights a movie called the burning mm-hmm. which i can't wait to talk about um a little movie called the texas chainsaw massacre oh, for yeah. the first time Ooh. and uh i think everyone's favorite the prowler <laughs> <laughs> but uh has anyone seen the burning
3: yeah, yeah i just watched it last week actually yeah it was great yeah, I. So, I mean, for what it was, I had very mixed feelings about it. I think I would have had a more pure enjoyment of it if Weinstein's name was not yeah, over the opening credits, was, sure. yeah. which totally gave. It, it a is there change a consensual to this. sex
2: yeah. in that movie?
3: Oh yeah, all the. I mean, obviously, yeah, it's got like people pressuring each other for sex in constantly. The movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: Uh, yeah you, you could not help but think of that. It was, it was the very first movie from the Weinstein brothers. Uh, Bob wrote it, co-wrote it. Harvey, it was his idea and produced it and it was the very first Miramax film,
3: I think. And
4: And I think actually one of the
3: allegations against him – took place during the filming of that movie. Yeah,
4: apparently when he was like 28 years old and he was a creep already. Yeah. So Ugh. he wasn't just an old man creep. Uh, so is obviously that that's aside, a major...
3: <laughs> that aside that is that is great. Major, like brings a lot of psychic badness to the experience. For but, sure. Uh, but if, I, if I'd if i never known about any of that stuff, yeah. uh, a lot of it, it could have been a pretty enjoyable slasher experience, especially because it has got the most charming cast. It's got J- yeah. young Jason Alexander, Holly Hunter, Holly Hunter Fisher Stevens, the guy who plays the bad guy in the 90s movie Hackers. Yeah,
4: the kid from uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and it was the movie debut of Jason Alexander, Holly Hunter, and Fisher Stevens. And that's important to talk about because a lot of these slasher movies have really bad actors in them. But this one stands above it because they were young, but they were all really fucking good actors. Oh, yeah. Like Jason Alexander was great. He was like... It was like having George, like young George, yeah. with hair. <laughs> up totally. on the he was still Jason Alexander. He's
3: electric in that movie. He Every really scene he's, he's in is amazing,
4: and that I think that makes the difference in the movie for me. Um, Annie, you haven't seen it, but it is about a uh, the legend of Cropsy from uh, the New York area, I believe, is where Cropsy first popped up. Um, but it, you know, it's it's the familiar trope of person is killed or something bad happens to them in a
3: prank and then years later they come back to take their revenge. Of course. So he's like a janitor, and some kids at the camp. Oh, as a prank, yeah. they accidentally set. Well, they're trying to scare him with like a skull with candles in it. Right. But they end up setting fire to his bed. He gets burned nearly to death, and then many years later, he comes back. He gets out of the hospital, and he comes back. That hospital revenge. scene is
4: great too, man. There was yeah. so much tension in that. Oh yeah. When he's trying to get the guy to look at the body. Yeah. He's like for five minutes. He's going. I've never seen anything like it in all years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my years. This is, is going to haunt moment. you till the. <laughs> The rest of your life. You got to see this. See <laughs> and that guy was just like, I don't know. He was like, You want to be a doctor? And I was like, The
2: guy's 50 years old. <laughs> is he not a doctor yet? You know, I will say about the. Well, per- the, the funny thing is, after that, he goes and gets an apartment. So oh, right. he, he, he get a, like go. No, he goes. Well, go no, he goes out, and he murders or... a
3: prostitute for no apparent reason. Uh, okay. Yeah. zero no was... reason other than yeah. to
4: show like the gardening cheers, I think. Like, here's yeah. how I'm going to do it. Although. He just used uh scissors, I think, in the yeah. first one, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh but the, the the special effects was what's his name again, right? Savini, was it? I think so.
3: That would make sense. I mean it's good special effects, yeah.
4: Yeah, but I was impressed with the the quality of the kills. Um I just thought the whole movie was a lot of fun. Yeah. To be honest. I had never heard of it. And when I posted it on the movie Crusher or, or the Movie Crush page, it was like evenly split between people who had never heard of it and people that were like, Oh man, the burning, like one of the best.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh yeah I mean one one thing I will say about it that actually for me added to the fun uh when we were watching it at our house is that the secondary cast is lovable, but, like, the main characters are just kind of dead in the water. But yeah. somehow I love that in Slasher, when yeah. there's, like, when there's like a dopey lug dude sort of at the top of the cast uh-huh. who you can just make jokes about the whole movie. Yeah. And, it, and my review at the end was that the melted guy definitely deserved to kill this guy. Uh, are you talking about the super rapey? Like No, jerk. no, the, the main guy. The, oh, like, oh. the good guy in yeah, the movie. Yeah,
4: the like, soap opera star.
3: Yeah, he went on to be in soap operas. he It turns out he was a kid when he was young, and he was part of the... You that know, was a good twist. ...team of boys that... Pull, well, spoiler alert, but yeah. it's mean, a very old <laughs> a movie. too late. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> um, and he... And so he like burned this guy, and you'd expect that he should feel bad about it, but it seems instead like he's been spending this whole time telling stories that explain why, well, that janitor yeah, deserved to get exactly. burned.
4: exactly. Like spread the legend that he helped create,
3: yeah, and I, I don't know. I was like, I wanted Cropsey in the end to, to kill him, but I did too. No, no, no. <laughs> I wondered about the, that. The lug one,
4: <laughs> uh, I think we can uh agree that the raft scene is like one of the better horror movie scenes, uh, slasher pick scenes. I think so, yeah, that was pretty wonderful. Oh, the guy got his fingers chopped off, I was like, whoa, yeah, that was Fisher Stevens, yeah. Um, what have you been watching, Annie? What did you do p- to prepare for this?
1: Uh, well, I for the like two months, September and October, I just watched horror movies all really? the time. Yeah, so that's it, I, it wasn't even an ask for right. me. I was already doing it. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute,
4: we just talked about this two weeks ago. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's how to live.
1: It, it's the only way to live. Uh, so I have my classics that I always watch, like Halloween, um, Psycho, Scream one through three.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, I you know two was here in uh, at Agnes Scott.
1: I know. And my
4: wife worked on that. Oh, well. Oh, man. She was the production coordinator. I love too. Yeah.
1: I actually really enjoy Three, even though it's not that great of a movie, but I love Parker Posey so much. I'm like, yes! this is Yeah. This yes! is for sure. We just she watched.
4: so great in that. We yeah. watched
3: the first three Scream movies again last year, I think, and the, the shocking thing was how much better Three was than I remember. Three yeah. is really funny.
1: It's hilarious when they're like doing their little duo, trying to get to the bottom of things. Yeah. Then they meet Carrie Fisher, and yeah. Carrie Fisher's oh, got such right. attitude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> What is it about
4: these movies that you can watch or we can all watch over and over?
1: I think there's the kind um, of—for me, there's just this—it helps me get in this Halloween tradition. It's my thing. I get in the mood. I I have scenes that I love, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh And also, since I said in the last episode, Scream was my first kind of entry Mm -hmm. into Slasher. It just has a special—
4: it's almost like these are our old friends in some ways.
1: <laughs> yeah, kind of. And, and, like, I do love, because um, as we were talking about in uh, the last one, the final girls. Sydney is one of the first final girls that's kind of more uh, strong. She's stronger yeah. in the decisions she makes um, and the way that she survives. And uh, there's something about that I just really appreciate. And it's always making fun of all these other movies I've seen. Yeah. Which I feel like I'm in on the joke. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. They always do this silly thing. <laughs> Nev
3: Campbell's got a great understated performance in those movies. Like I agree. She's,
1: yeah, she she does really
3: good with that role. She's got a kind of a, a knowingness about her where she's kind of one step ahead even of the script. Does well, yeah. she's smart in the movie? She
4: never comes across as a dumb uh, a dumb character. Yeah, and I think that makes a big difference.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um. Oh, I could go on about those movies forever. But I also watched Hatchet for the first time. Oh, okay. <laughs> which was not what I was expecting at all. That's, That's like the a good thing fest, about right? Oh gosh. I feel like horror movies are so interesting when you talk about reviews, Amazon reviews, because most all movies right. I'm like a 4 star or above, but horror I could be like a 2.5 to a, a 5. Right. It's hard to say. Hatchet had 4 stars on Amazon, <laughs> and so I went in with a certain set of expectations and uh <laughs> was it not good I, I i think it might be I just wasn't in that mindset it to me right. it was like really bad. maybe it's enjoyable as a bad horror movie
4: but. yeah I mean that can be a thing. We all have acknowledged that uh horror movies and especially slasher movies are they're so their own genre that um I went back and read a couple of reviews of uh of uh the burning and the prowler, and some people get it and some people don't. And say, like, this is terrible. Like, you know, serious film critics are more apt to say, like, this is awful. (laughs) And then you go on, like, Din of Geek or Fangoria or something and people are like, what are you
3: talking about? This is, like, slasher heaven. I don't – I mean I feel like a lot of the – when you read a lot of mainstream critical reviews of slasher movies that are, like – this movie's bad and they talk about the ways that it's bad I just feel like it's like those are the ways that it's good (laughs) It's no I mean in a way it is yeah if you're like looking for laughs but it's also kind of like criticizing a beagle for like having bad grammar you you know you're just like (laughs) totally missing the point like people don't watch these movies because they're good movies they're looking for a compelling drama you know with with a couple of them there are actual good movie qualities Mm -hmm. you know they might be thoughtful they might be interesting You, you feel for the characters and their suspense. But again, like I feel with – like you can count those movies on one hand. Yeah. There's there's some kind of other type of experience. Watching a slasher movie is probably more like going to a haunted house. Yeah, you know, you're totally. not, it, it's a more uh, visceral experience and it's a more social experience, at least for me. I mean, I – I would almost never watch a slasher movie by myself.
4: I've had to because Emily doesn't watch these. So the past three nights have been a little weird, you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me out in the darkened living room
2: watching these I'm movies the alone. I'm in yeah. the same boat. I'm in under my, I'm like, man, my office man cave. Which yeah. Is you want to watch it with a bunch of friends. Yeah. yeah.
3: I've done yeah. it before and it's way less fun. I mean, I almost never do it. I, I pretty much, if I'm watching a slasher movie, it's Rachel and me or it's me and some friends. Right. And it, it, we, yeah. That's the only way to do it because they're the kind of movie. Movies that you talk over, that sure. you make jokes about while sure. you're watching. Yeah. It's that kind of thing.
4: You rewind the, the best kills and mm-hmm.
2: and talk about those. Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, if you do that by yourself, it's a little weird. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm in the same boat as Joe. I, I pretty much, if I'm going to watch a slasher flick, it's going to be with friends or anything, you know, that type of environment. But prepping for this, it was mainly you know, me just at my c- computer watching it because <laughs> Carrie does not watch slasher flicks at yeah. all. Yeah, Emily,
4: I thought I had her last night. And she's like, oh, well, which one are you watching? Because she likes Scream. and She she liked Nightmare on Elm Street. But that's kind of where it ends. Uh, And I said I was watching a movie called The Prowler, and she just went, nope.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. Saving money with Geico is almost better than playing pickup basketball. Because there's always that guy who joins your game. He never passes the rock.
4: But should we talk about The Prowler? Because we all saw that, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Uh, I I didn't love it. I thought it was okay. I liked it more afterward upon reflecting on it a little bit more. But I will say that the, the conceit of a World War II veteran didn't do a lot for me. I wasn't super creeped out. And that's an inherent problem with a... Slasher pick, if you're really not super scared or creeped out by the the killer, then it's not going to add up to a whole lot. And he didn't really creep me out that much.
3: Uh, I mean, I thought the design of the suit was kind of creepy. I don't know. It was cool. It'd be a good Halloween costume. Yeah, like the way the – it's like the collar goes up over the face or something. I mean, again, this goes with the tradition of the masked killer, right? And here the mask was more just kind of like – it was sort of like a hood that was sort of pulled over the face and Mm -hmm. came up from the collar. Uh, and so their their outline, the killer's outline as a silhouette was kind of cool. I, yeah, I don't know. It, it was unique, I thought, in that it actually made the villain of the story uh, like a troop, you know, <laughs> uh, a a a veteran of a war. I mean, it seems like that was a risky move. Normally you wouldn't yeah. think about doing that. I read about that too. Even,
4: you'd get criticized. Yeah, especially when it came out. It was still that generation was not to be fucked with. Yeah. Uh even in Jess, like you didn't mess around with the greatest generation like that, so no. it was definitely risky.
2: That first kill, like I wasn't sure what to expect. I mean, I know I was watching a Tom Savini film, but I double kill pitchfork going right through both of them. I that was, was like, pretty good. I was like, wow. <laughs> so this is why the pitchfork happen? though that was never explained.
4: Like See, he wasn't I was was,
1: very confused by yeah, it. <laughs> like he wasn't a farmer. <laughs> I like had to a,
2: look up the d- description afterwards. Like, did I miss, like, did I miss some, some kind of motive? This, <laughs> he's putting the, he's putting his bayonet in. He's deering up to go kill people, prowl or whatever you want to call it. And then he grabs a pitchfork. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> he has all these World War II knives. I know and stuff. it should have
3: been all World War II uh, era well, weapons. Rachel made the joke that he was like part of the 101st Pitchfork Division. <laughs> <laughs> The fighting
4: pitchforks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That I thought that was a little weird and didn't really work for me because you can only think of like that he just wanted to use a pitchfork, the director. Yeah. yeah. Like there was yeah. no good
3: reason for it. Again, I think this might be one of those things that's ultimately dictated by the makeup effects. It's yeah. like you try to – you figure out what – makeup effects you can do and then you work
2: backwards to the set pieces in the film. Well, that was the th- one of the things that I read about The Prowler was it was designed, the shooting schedule des- was designed around the effects. Like, right. they were like, okay, we're shooting this scene today where this person gets pitchforked. So, okay, Tom would just say, okay, this is how we're going to structure the shoot is basically structured around all the kills and all that. That makes sense. Um, it's kind of like another version of when you'd have like the
3: canon films thing where you got a poster before you got a script. Right. You know, so it's like, okay, here's what's on the poster. How can we build a movie around right. that? We <laughs> got Chuck Norris <laughs> with a machine gun. You got this guy. Yeah. yeah.
4: I did think when we talked about it in the last episode, the the knife through the head and then the eyes rolling back. That really added a nice <laughs> little touch, I <laughs> that think. That was creepy. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, overall, I, I thought the Prowler, like most slasher movies, it does not really have merits as a drama. Mm-hmm. It's not really – it doesn't really have compelling characters. I thought it was a pretty funny experience and some, some of the murders in it were shocking. I, yeah. Again, because the makeup effects were so good and like uh, – so it had that hot, cold, uh, hot and cold showers kind of thing where like there would be scenes with characters acting stupid and there would be kind of bad acting and that was funny and mm-hmm. then suddenly you get the knife in the head and the eyes rolling up yeah. and that was
4: like really – Ugh. Yeah, the throat cut scene was pretty brutal too and uh, how long they lingered on it and like, you know, she was dead and he was still working that knife, you know, as deep as possible. Yeah. That was pretty brutal. Uh, <laughs> the, the I just wanted to go stay at the Cape May Inn. After seeing that house, like that's where I am oh, in yeah. life in my late forties. I was like, man, that place is
3: fantastic.
1: Oh, look at the design! It, it's in like
3: Cape May, New Jersey, and I was like, oh man, you can actually stay there. That's that's wonderful. The bathroom in it, I think, it was like the uh, it was like the bathroom in the hotel in The Shining. It had that same green color oh, on the yeah. tile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One
4: of my favorite parts too was the uh, during the dance when <laughs> when the lady comes in, she's like, by the way. Uh, there's a prowler outside. <laughs> yeah. So let's all just stay in here and keep the party going.
3: Oh, but dude, that. Don't uh,
4: go the, outside. everyone's like, I'm going outside. <laughs> yeah. That band
3: in the movie was banging. That,
4: that no, was, they were pretty good. It was a great. I was band. wondering who that was. Yeah. I, I meant to look that up. They were not bad. Uh, yeah, that was a pretty funny part. But that's kind of the fun in slasher movies is some of the ridiculous moments like that.
2: Real quick, Joe brought up when we didn't talk about the last episode. I wanted to bring up was like poster art. Yeah, every slasher film. I mean, I would go into my blockbuster or movie gallery or wherever I was getting my videos and basically pick slasher flicks or horror flicks based on the the poster art alone. Um, I mean, the Prowler Prowlers up there definitely, or you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, all those movies. I mean, they they. I think they spent more time on the poster art sometimes and the, the taglines than, than anything else.
3: Oh, I want to ask you all if you had the same experience I did. But So I've talked to my co-host Robert on Stuff to Pull Your Mind and Invention about this. We both had this experience of – being young and being too young to rent R-rated horror movies, <laughs> but just walking back and forth yeah. along the horror aisles at the video store, yeah. Sure, yeah. looking at all of the VHS box covers and imagining what the movies were from the the box covers. Does this
1: happen to you? Yeah, and there are certain movies when I was young, um like – the poster scared me enough that yeah. maybe to this day I haven't seen that movie. Actually, Child's Play was a good example of that. I only saw that recently. But the poster scared me so badly when I was a child that I I, I thought about it. Yeah. I refused to watch it. Noel
4: was talking about rewatching that with his daughter and how hysterically – not scary, it is. <laughs>
1: no, not scary. But I was impressed with the doll effect. I was like, "Hey, I thought it was going to be much uh-huh. sillier than it was, perhaps uh-huh. with the effects at least." Gotcha. Um. But Chucky, pull, he, they pulled it off. Yeah, they pulled it off. I thought so.
0: <laughs>
3: the, that's the voice of Brad Dourif, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Great character yeah.
4: actor. Yeah. yeah. Um I mean, anything else in the Prowler? I mean, I'm looking at that face now. It is pretty. It is pretty scary looking. Yeah. yeah. But. I don't know. There was a GI Jonas about it because I played with those original 11 inch tall GI Joes when he was a World War II guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It, it just wasn't the scariest yeah. killer to me. And the whole Rose thing, like I feel like they tried to introduce a couple of elements like the major's daughter was the one who was originally killed back in the day.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: And none of that really felt, uh, it felt just sort of like it was thrown in there. Yep. It didn't really like impact me as a viewer.
1: Yeah, that's, I was confused, which is not a good thing. <laughs> I <laughs> no. was a little confused, too. I, like, I didn't Wait. know if it was just me. No, I was confused. And in fact, the first time I watched that movie, I thought I clicked out of it because it opens with like a World War II yeah, yeah. propaganda uh-huh. thing. And yeah. I was like, what is, what is like, this? Like, Am I watching the right movie? It <laughs> yeah, exactly. was a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of appreciate what they were trying to do, but yeah, I don't think it worked.
4: Yeah, I didn't fully get that the Prowler had been broken up with. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. why he, yeah. that's why oh, that's he wanted funny. to kill everybody? That was clear yeah. to
3: me, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was away at war, and his girlfriend uh, sent him a Dear John letter, yeah. and she yeah. had a new boyfriend now. when he came back, he was very mad, and he killed people, and then 30 years later, he, yeah, just, 35 killed years later, he, he just killed people again for some reason. Right.
4: and it's the, the big... first
1: time they had to the dance again.
4: Oh, oh, that's true. It yeah. was the okay. first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Because uh, that's how serial killing works, right? You <laughs> yeah. You have to wait until that thing happens again, yes. even if it's 50 years later. Well, well
3: that's a thing that would be worth talking about is uh, the idea of motive in, in slasher movies. Right. I mean, how does the idea of motive play into? It's usually revenge, right? Yeah. It's, it often is. But then often – so there are some where it's like a mystery and it's yeah. inscrutable and, you know, you don't know until the end. And then you find out there's some motivation. There, there are occasionally some, I think, where there really is no motivation that makes sense the Texas Chainsaw Massacre there's no clear motivation they're just crazy killers yeah Um,
2: did Michael Myers have a motivation yeah well see no
3: that he's a mystery
2: the thing is like what I was gonna say is most of the time there's like the villain is someone who escaped from an insane asylum or something like that and Michael Myers like they he goes to his house like that's his only connection he's a kid kills his sister goes to an insane asylum escapes Goes back because that's his place, and right. he sees Jamie Lee Curtis dropping off a key or something like that, and then he's like, "Oh, okay, there's my target." Right. Yeah. So uh, there is no really connection. Yeah, with it's made himself. it scarier. Yeah. 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 yeah, somehow.
4: But usually it's some sort of revenge, or I guess the trope is revenge from being bullied or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, that's well, why I like the burning is because it wasn't just, well, let me come back to kill people like you. The big twist again, spoiler. Is that that guy was actually one of the ones who was involved in his uh, disfigurement? right? Yeah. he
3: He fails to kill the guy who deserved he deserved to get revenge on and instead just kills a bunch of peripheral people. Sure,
4: right. or in the case of the prowler, uh, th- the reveal that, again, spoilers, that he is the sheriff was really lame. I thought. Yeah. <laughs> it was like yes. a Scooby Doo moment at <laughs> yeah. the end. Oh my God,
2: it was <laughs> so
3: funny. It was, I, like, it was oh, the yeah. sheriff all along. Him, huh? okay. But there
4: was no setup because, like, who is him?
2: Like, yeah, uh, was like he d- was
3: going fishing, you know? He loves know. fishing and now <laughs> yeah. he kills people. Well, they kept.
2: She's. like the threat to the the other office, police officer yeah. was like, I'm going to call the sheriff. Yeah, exactly. And, like, I'm going to get the sheriff involved. I love that <laughs> the
4: deputy guy or whatever. His It was so clearly just. That time in filmmaking where, let's just put a sheriff's uniform on someone and that makes them a sheriff. Like <laughs> <laughs> this guy, so was not a police officer,
2: but yeah. I'm wearing the clothes. Oh, he's so like hitting like... all the on pe- all, all the girls that are at the oh, yeah. dance he's, too. He's dancing <laughs> with <laughs> a daytime
3: TV hunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, also yeah. a cop. So
2: I like, put him in a brown shirt oh. and that'll do. Oh well, my I,
3: god, his jaw was like a knife.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the last thing I want to say, like on um, the parlor is like. One of the things that you'll see in the franchise movies is, like, are they dead? Like, is the villain dead? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. Last night when I was watching The Prowler and he gets the the shotgun, spoiler, shotgun to the face and his head basically Tom Savini's fashion blows and explodes in a million pieces. I was like. That was great. He's dead. Yeah. He's not coming back. Well, from but that. He, he was. Yeah. He also had already been shot, though. Yeah, and stabbed in the back with a pitchfork. But right. When they yeah. went full scanners
3: on him, you, you know he's not coming back. <laughs> yeah, that. that was
4: that yeah. was pretty great. I have to admit. Yeah. I wish it would have been a little. It was too quick. Yeah. The head explosion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down it was a little. it. Yeah. You know wanted so. to linger yeah. there oh, yeah. just a little bit. Uh uh-huh. um, But getting back to you're talking about the um, the posters and advertising, um, it's a good time to talk about Texas Chainsaw Massacre because. I was, I'm of the age where I remember when that movie played in theaters. Um, what year did that come out? I think 1974? 1974. 74. Yeah. Yeah. Right, 74. So I was three years old, but it it played for many many years because I remember, I remember hearing about this movie and it being such a cultural touchstone as being the scariest thing and the most depraved. Like I heard all these words as a kid, and I didn't want anything to do with it. It scared the shit out of me just seeing like the little blips in the trailer. But just seeing it for the first time um two nights ago, I can't imagine theater goers in 1974 seeing this fucking movie. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah. it was not – nothing had ever been done like this really. It's, it's still for shocking American today. Audiences. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it really is. And it like – it disturbed me. Yeah. yeah.
2: It, it is the one that has stayed with me. It, it's probably my favorite slasher film, um, and it is one that I will watch every Halloween. I'll t- t- typically go back. Uh, the Plaza was playing it last night, um, and I'd missed it because I was watching The Prowler. And <laughs> <laughs> um, not a good no. trade. Yeah, uh. not a good trade. But I, I, I've seen it in the theater a couple of times. But, yeah, it is definitely something that will stick with you. And wow. Wow. It it is intense, and it's just like like I mentioned the last episode how it opens up. Like you feel like you are watching a documentary. Like you you get into these people's lives, and you figure out. And there's not a moment in that movie where you're feeling like safe or like feeling okay
4: or clean or clean. Yeah, Yeah. oh yeah, it's such a dirty,
2: dank, sticky, gross movie. (laughs)
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, It's a movie that I definitely respect. I would count it among the few slasher movies that i really do think are you could argue are very good movies yeah. like i think kind of a brilliant cinematic achievement but at the same time i don't know if i want to rewatch it anytime soon oh, i really? mean yeah i i mean i definitely respect it i i think it's interesting to think about but it is a it is a horrifying experience yeah. like uh the, i will say the catharsis at the end i think i already said this yeah. once but it's unlike any other film i can think of like when she escapes in the truck at the end it it feels like you know like landing after a jumping out of a plane or something like you just can't believe you made it.
4: Yeah. You really I mean you root f- how hard you root for characters to get out of a horror movie is can ebb and flow. But boy, you really want her to live. Sure. In yeah. this movie.
1: Yeah. I saw it semi recently, like maybe for the first time 10 years ago or so. And uh Today, like I really liked it. I thought it was really good, but it was disturbing, and I felt that like dirty and just the way it's shot. It feels like really grainy, yeah. and like you're in it and you don't feel safe.
2: I would definitely watch um, the older. If you can watch one of the older versions of it, because they cleaned it up, and mm-hmm. in cleaning it up, you're just like it lost something. it lost a lot yeah. of that appeal. Because I think I watched it on some like ratty VHS tape, yeah. and so it had like the grit, more grit on it, and.
1: Yeah, like you found something you weren't supposed to see. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's um, what it feels like. But t- like I get nervous thinking about rewatching it. I and I have and I like it, but it, it's that it was that visceral of an experience yeah. that like it makes my skin crawl just thinking about watching it again.
4: Yeah, I mean Hooper was he hit on something that no one had hit quite hit on yet, I think. Uh part it wasn't found footage, but it sort of felt like that a little bit uh with like you, we're talking about Ramsey with the documentary style opening. And um, it just, I mean, Leatherface, if it was just Leatherface, that movie would have been historic and legendary. But then I I didn't know about the third act.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I had no
4: idea. I just thought it was Leatherface with Chainsaw. And I was watching the movie and I was like, this is scary shit. Leatherface is really scary. That first kill is so fast and like. I was like, "Wow!" I was like, "That's it." The 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 hardest, yeah, Yeah. that door slam is the
2: creepiest part. Like he just shuts the door, like you're not. Oh, and just so angry, like you could feel the
4: rage. So I I thought that that was the movie, and then that third act is fucking bananas. Yeah, yeah, and just I, I have chill bumps right now thinking about it. With, I mean, he took it to a level that I didn't. I get why how Rob Zombie has like how much it it's influenced him like the the hill creepy hillbilly family thing mm-hmm. but boy can you imagine being a 13-year-old in 1974 and yeah, just being yeah. like, hey, this looks good.
3: Again, <laughs> yeah. 1974, I mean, think about how stagey and hokey even yeah. a lot of the great horror films leading up to this point were, yeah. uh, you know, horror films through the, the the 50s and 60s and all like, you know, the, the giant bug atomic stuff. And all, right. You mm-hmm. know, and so you you did have some, I think, you know, creepy stuff in the early 70s. But when that hit, that must have been the level like jumping like they were still making the hammer horror films mm-hmm. in nineteen seventy-four with like, you know, Christopher Lee and Dracula right. and all that. Uh and so like that level of staginess that most people would associate with horror going to this like brutal realistic feeling, terrible yeah. nightmare like Texas Chainsaw, I, I can't imagine people could have been prepared for it. It was a
4: game changer. Yeah. And that I mean, even just picking up the Hitchhiker guy. That, that whole sequence had me so on edge because he was so unhinged and I was just like the whole time <laughs> – was like, why aren't they stopping and just saying, get out of the van? <laughs> There's like three – well, two guys and the guy in the wheelchair probably could have helped a little bit. Yeah. I was like,
3: just stop the van and fucking get out. Leave.
4: Like it shouldn't have gotten to the point where he was cutting his hand.
3: This actually though plays on a great thing in a lot of horror movies and especially in a lot of slasher movies that I think sometimes we overestimate the – the uh, or we underestimate the threshold at which we're willing to be rude. I agree. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Silence of
1: the Lambs. What does he say? Like yes. a comment. Like yeah. if someone's following too close and he'd rather not say anything. Right. be polite. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah.
3: yeah. This is a tension that like I think we're all interested in seeing examples of in film where like there's a situation of escalating discomfort uh-huh. where like you should be trying to get out of the situation but you don't want to go overboard. You don't hurt his overre- feelings. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to yeah. overreact and be rude and like that's uh, – th- there are things like that that happen in life. We've got these intense social pressures pressures. pressures to not be rude and overreact. especially women. I mean, I'm
4: wearing my My Favorite Murder shirt. Karen and Georgia, they are always saying, like, be fucking rude. Yeah. Like, do whatever you have to
2: do to keep yourself safe. Sure. Like, it's, you know, who cares about this dude's feelings? Well, how many people went and watched this movie and then it was like, I'm never picking up a hitchhiker again, no matter what. Yeah. Like, like, you're, you know, now.
4: And that's the time when hitchhiking was like, you know, I didn't do it because I was three. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was—it wasn't so far out of the question for like regular type people to hitchhike a little bit. Yeah, but I, yeah, not after this.
2: Something I came across um, last night when I was—I I was, kind of just read up a little bit just so to keep it fresh in my mind was like the fact is that these people got stranded, ran out of gas, and they went into the house. Yeah, they yeah. did not they weren't staying in the house and then so is no, they is weren't like, being chased or anything they weren't being chased or anything like that Yeah, so it's a good point is leatherface Technically in the wrong, someone comes into stand his, your ground, Stand yes. my ground. It's, it's like, an yeah. inverse <laughs> home invasion. In universe, universe, yeah. like, you guys are coming in here in defense of Leatherface. But, but, oh I was my like, God. who the hell is this? <laughs> Hammer to the face, closed yeah. door, yeah, meat hook.
4: That's the film theory paper I mean, yeah, in defense especially. of
2: Leatherface. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's <laughs>
3: Texas, it's his property. They weren't invited. Oh my like, God. If the cops showed up, who
2: would he side with? It's like, well, technically, you guys are on his property. Yeah, the other thing
4: that really creeped me out was how. Leatherface was just so like the way he moved. Yeah, he yeah. was Ooh. huge. Yeah, and um his size was threatening. And just you know, even at the end when like that great last shot when he's just holds the chainsaw up and is just writhing oh, his geez, body in yeah. like that little yeah. shimmy dance.
2: Ugh, I'm getting yeah. chills again. That movie truly disturbed the shit out of me, guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would, <laughs> like I would like, I f- get it. I would definitely take the time to look at like there's like some documentaries out there on the production of that like I'd love to see that Toby Hooper like this those sounds at the beginning like ee- yeah like that's him he would just sit around and record I kept looking for a, a pig. Was yeah, like, or the pig like where's something like that like that's like that's all him figuring stuff out he was like trying to make a documentary or he had money from that and he was, he was like okay I want to do this movie um that dinner table scene. I, I don't know like I just remember that they were shooting for so long and the hitchhiker was like grandpa just hit her like that is real like he's like to that the point that was so fucked up that's like a 12 hour shoot and him saying just hit him yeah. hit him now like that's all it's all real for some not real but it's like they they were pushed to that limit as he far as he said the cast was pretty
4: mad at him oh, yeah. for a while after yeah like everyone that was movie. pissed everyone
2: <laughs> yeah. was pissed and if you listen like it doesn't seem like there's an off switch on that hitchhiker character. Like you see interviews with him, he's that messed up. Oh, really? He's not going out killing cr- people or whatever, <laughs> but he's like, you know, you can definitely see he's slightly unhinged. Wow! And his his casting was 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 perfect as far as all the people in that.
4: Yeah. Oh boy, I thought Grandpa was dead.
2: Yeah. At yeah. first, I, I was like,
4: <laughs> oh, they've got this body up there like Norman Bates style yeah. because there was a grandma that was dead, right? Wasn't there like a skeleton too? So. Yeah. 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 But then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean
4: the scene, the finger sucking. Just, it's like, are you, like, what the fuck is
2: going on in Toby Hooper's mind in yeah. 1974? <laughs> oh. All those set pieces with the, the the skeletons. I think the the human bones are obviously fake, but like most of them were taxidermy just for particularly for that set oh, and f- and, like, that room full of feathers, feathers was, and yeah. stuff. He just like really, really knew real... how
4: to have, like set a really disturbing scene. Yeah. Ugh. I loved it, though. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's like yeah. what the great thing about slasher. And I, Does it qualify as a slasher, I guess? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think yeah, so. Definitely.
3: It is unusual in that it's a mechanized weapon. But Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. yeah he I said that he
4: saw a chainsaw. I think, what was the story? He saw it in a store or something and thought, like, that'd be a great way to kill somebody. <laughs> I'm surprised Ooh, right it hasn't been done yet. <laughs> Have you seen
3: Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2? No, that's oh, a geez. Dennis Hopper, right? Yeah, Dennis Hopper has a chainsaw shopping scene in that movie. That oh, really? Is <laughs> unbelievable. It's so good. <laughs> is the movie good? Actually, I think kind of, yeah. Like, it's, it, it, it goes way more for comedy than the yeah. first one.
2: It's not a straight horror film. Say, it's more of a comedy horror. I'd okay. say take all your expectations of Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 1 and throw those out the window because it's more campy and fun.
5: Yeah, I'm Robert Evans, I'm the host of Behind the Bastards And it could happen here uh, And I do a lot of investigative journalism Studying the international fascist movement And all of this creeping authoritarian terrorism um, That we're increasingly seeing uh, in 2020 and 2019 And uh, I'm generally pretty bummed out as a result So in the summer of 2019, I went looking for hope And I found it in what you might consider to be an unlikely place Northeastern Syria, Rojava. This is the place that's generally referred to as the Kurds uh, when the Western media talks about the fighting against ISIS. I first heard about Rojava in 2014 through a series of half-credible far-left blog articles and social media posts. The picture they painted was of an anarchist feminist utopian project in Syria, one that was fundamentally reforming society at the same time as it led the battle against the Islamic State. It all sounded too good to be true, and I was instantly suspicious, so I traveled there to see what the reality was. You can learn about what I found and the people I met by listening to The Women's War, which releases on March 25th on the iHeartRadio network. Listen to The Women's War on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Should we talk
4: a little bit about the role of camp and comedy? Oh, yeah, in horror sure. in slasher movies,
3: absolutely. Yeah. I mean that yeah, that's front and center. It can be is yeah. it required?
1: I don't think it's required, but kind of going back to something we said in the first one, I think you said it, Joe, there's this level of discomfort when you're afraid, and that's why a lot of people have that defense mechanism of you laugh when you're nervous mm-hmm. and to me, i'm i my favorite genres are comedy and horror. And I think it's because there's a level that I love the adrenaline in the release. So I think actually comedy and horror go really well together Mm -hmm. because especially if they're building a lot of tension and you're watching it in audience, there's just something about having that joke that makes it more acceptable and like, okay we're safe. Like, it's okay This is just a movie. We're going to be fine. Um, And some of my favorites are like... The ones that, that make me laugh. And, yeah. And purposefully. Like, there is a place for bad ones, but the ones that, no. Like, right. Like, let's add in this element, this funny thing to add – give some release. Yeah, it's tension. almost like a,
4: a bit of a dance, um, not only with comic relief, but uh, the very classic trope of, you know, you think it's going to be the killer, but it's the boyfriend tapping her on the shoulder.
1: Absolutely. Right. Yeah.
4: Like, it's that – It can be done poorly, but if you really nail all that stuff, that's what makes them rise to the top, even if it's a B-movie.
3: Cat scares, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Cat jumps out of the closet (laughs) every time. (laughs) Well, I mean, there's something to what you're talking about. So I I wanted to mention a little bit, a theory that I read about. We talked about this one time on the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast, but about – the rise of slasher movies a possible sort of cultural demand theory is that they sort of come out of the grand guignol tradition which was like you know the grand guignol theater in paris was this place where, from the late uh, like the 1890s to like the 1960s, they would put on these theatrical productions mm-hmm. that were these melodramas that were super gory? Like they'd go out and like source actual animal parts from taxidermists and butchers and stuff. So, oh wow! So you get get it, you know, sounding just right when the eyeball gets gouged out and drops <laughs> on the stage. It's got to bounce right and stuff. Wow. Um, and the theory is that those sort of phased in at the same time that public executions were being phased out uh, oh. and that there there's some kind of demand people have to have this like public social yeah. experience of seeing – violence and gore enacted on people who maybe deserve it or maybe just kind of seem like maybe you just don't like them or something. Uh, But when they did the Grand Guignol tradition, they would very often not just show the melodramas with the eyeballs popping out and all of the realistic gore effects. They would alternate back and forth all night with this thing called Hot and Cold Showers where they would show a uh, a, like a gory melodrama that was, you know, short and people would get impaled and all this stuff. And then they'd show a farcical comedy. Mm -hmm. And then they'd just go back Back and forth like that all night,
4: so a horror movie just came along and did that in when, in a single within film one story. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. There, there is something deep in all of our brains. I think it's the same thing that uh, I can't remember there there is a name for it though. That uh, and I think it's a French name where uh, the the like do you, when you go to a tall building like thinking about jumping off of it, or for me and I know I've heard a lot of people echo this is like when you see a, a cop. And you look down at their gun and you think, I could just grab that (laughs) really quick. (laughs) Yeah. Like, what is that weird thing in our brains?
3: Oh, well, this is, again, something that uh, like if you have certain kinds of brain injuries or neurodegenerative diseases that erode the sort of inhibitory functions Uh – of uh, I think your frontal lobes mainly or temporal frontal lobes. But basically if your your brain inhibition regions get damaged or deteriorate over time, a lot of times people will engage in behaviors like jumping out of moving cars because I think it's the same thing. Like you get that initial impulse like I could just grab a cop's gun. I could just jump out of a car. But if you've got your normal inhibitions Uh working, then you're like, okay, no, I'm not going to do that. For some reason I thought of it, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, Yeah. So I wonder, like, what is the role of that uh, that initial impulse? Like, why do you have that impulse in the first place that has to be inhibited?
4: And is it tied to wanting to see a public execution or the modern day version of that, which is watching a slasher movie?
2: Yeah.
1: I think um, I think a lot of us are fascinated with death, even if we don't want to admit it, or we're always kind of thinking about how will we die or eventually one day we will die. Right, yeah. And that's like, as you said, it probably changed how you view these these horror movies. Because I'm closer to death? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry to say it. It's okay. Um, but it's like a way to kind of confront that, but the comedy helps you right. do it in a way that's less frightening. And I'm also a big believer that horror movies are... are um, Commentary on what we are afraid of mm-hmm. as a society and what we have anxiety around. Yeah. And without directly saying, like, you're nervous about women coming to steal your jobs. Like, it. So, having that thing that makes you laugh at it is, I think, if you have this tension or anxiety about things that you're not really confronting or you don't really know about, mm-hmm. um, a horror movie is a good way to kind of laugh at it or feel like really safe. a safer way. Yeah.
3: Sure. That makes it, sense. Yeah. I, I think you're totally right about, especially when you see these movies coming up in like the 70s. Yeah, that that it's like a, a huge part of what's going on in slasher movies and what uh, preceded them. I, I do want to talk about it at some point is like Italian Jallo movies. Yeah, uh, is this this macho kind of anxiety uh, like male sexual neuroses? fear about women gaining power, I would say in the Giallo the movies, which are these movies from the 60s and 70s from Italy that are like these murder mysteries where there's a killer with a razor blade and a trench coat mm-hmm. and you can't see their face. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and they very much are they, – they sort of I think led to the slasher tradition in America. They just emit fumes of frustrated sexual politics from men. Uh the, you know they're all they're like simultaneously in awe of and resentful of women's power, yeah,
1: yeah, well, I just watched um Deep Red again because yeah. you suggested it, and I forgot about the whole like liberated women. We can't work oh, with them; they're terrible. Right, <laughs> that's what
4: I'm. I'm gonna watch in the next few days. I think
1: there's an arm, yeah. an arm wrestling scene. An arm wrestling scene. Yeah, it's yeah. right there in the
3: movie. the The male protagonist is all clearly he's he's threatened and frustrated by the idea of strong women.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Where is the spin on that movie? Why haven't we seen a slasher movie uh, where the woman is the killer and is just killing the shit out of uh, all, like corporate douchebags.
2: Well, there's, um, there were like uh, Alice. Sweet Alice was like a movie that came out in the seventies, and it was oh, really? like a little girl. And oh. I started watching that because um, Annie's eyes went so wide. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, no. It's, what? It's, I think it's on. It's on Amazon. Um, but it's it's gru- gruesome. Like it is it is creepy. It's a little girl who has a mask on who. I guess her parents divorced and it just became a broken household and then she was like fascinated with death and, and all that but it's pretty creepy and then Is there any revenge involved though? Um I haven't got all the way through the film but like it, there really is no revenge it's just like she's a bad bad kid. Uh, the, see, bad seed. the bad scene? The bad scene. Yeah. And, then you have well, that um, mass some of the scream is, uh, <laughs> yeah then you got oh some gosh. of the scream movies where the 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 villain is i guess her mom comes back or not yeah. her mom but
1: um most i find most serial killers female serial killers are doing it in revenge of their child usually their son yeah uh, they're killing everybody yeah yeah oh, cuz i guess Pamela J, uh, uh, yeah exactly, exactly. Pamela, yeah mhm yeah Which is actually I'm researching an episode on female serial killers right now, and that is one of the main difference between male serial killers and female serial killers is that female serial killers are usually doing it to protect children, sympathy, or altruism. Really? Yeah, they think they're doing you a favor.
4: Is this for Sminty? Yes. Or Saver?
1: (laughs) We're taking a real weird (laughs) turn on (laughs) Saver. (laughs)
4: <laughs> when is that episode going to come out?
1: Uh, I think uh, next week. Oh, okay. Yeah, for Halloween.
4: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, you should listen to that. Maybe we should close with some recommendations. Um, can everyone think of one slasher movie, or maybe just horror in general, if you want to go that route? That maybe a little underseen in your opinion, that you could turn people onto.
1: Underseen. I'll go Ooh. with The
4: Burning. Yeah. Okay. Just I, I, I'm, that's one of my new favorite horror movies. I'm going to watch it again and again.
1: Oh, I got to check this out. It's really fun. Yeah. Okay.
4: You'll have thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Is, I mean, I'm yeah. a sucker for a summer camp movie of any kind, whether it's oh, yeah. wet, hot American summer or, uh, <laughs> you or know, The I mean, Burning. Well, the Burning.
3: <laughs> <it was> you. <laughs> you know, so, obviously, if you're talking about like actually good ones, some of the answers are kind of obvious Texas Chainsaw, Halloween, ob- obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of bad ones that are great I really love some of the deep Friday the 13th sequels especially oh, yeah. after Jason becomes undead yeah uh, mm-hmm. those are those are just like camp candy and they are Wonderful to behold. So, what number would that start at? That starts around. Well, let's see. Five is just awful.
2: It's like it's. Well, it's not even Jason.
3: Yeah, yeah. And five, uh, it's a copycat serial killer. Spoiler: you find out at the end. Uh, there's a. That's oh, sort, sort. Well, no, it's okay. It's sort of like a Jalo movie. You know, you find out who the killer is at the end when they're unmasked. Um, but like. Like part six is campy and hilarious. Part seven is great. He battles the the main girl, the final girl in part seven is psychic, and she's got uh, she's got telekinesis powers that oh, she wow. uses to battle Jason. Part eight, they go to Manhattan. Yep. Those are all
1: Space, campy, hell, a, amazing, classic. Yeah. He Freddy. Fights Freddy. Uh, he fights Freddy yep. Well,
3: I've got a question. Oh, oh
4: you, Freddy versus Jason. Freddy right? yeah. versus Jason. I yeah. Yeah. haven't seen. I, I need to see. All I this, don't like
3: I that one as much <laughs> as I like the earlier late if that makes early or late uh, Friday sequels. But I've got this question about Jason in those movies – there's they make this big deal about unmasking him at the sure. end of all the movies, even though you already know who he is. I yeah. always thought that was funny. Like there so in the Jalo movies, they get unmasked so you find their identity out. Right. In the Jason movies and in other movies with a masked killer who's already familiar to you, like at the end of Halloween, you, you know who Michael Myers is. You want to see mystery, their face. But yeah. yeah, the mask always comes off yeah. in the final confrontation. Why is that?
2: Well, see, like in Jason's Jason final chapter um, Zito was like told this is going to be the last Friday the Thirteenth movie, so Which do do whatever you want, <laughs> yeah. do whatever you yep. want. So he went into it. I'm going to kill the crap out of Jason, mm-hmm. and you know, uh,
3: <laughs> so he saw his head in half. Corey
2: Feldman basically <laughs> shaves his head, <laughs> and then goes after Jason with a with a with a machete and just goes to town and chops the crap out of him and unmasks him Is like oh the one thing you haven't seen is Jason's face and then obviously they show that and it is it is brutal I would put that up there as far as the camp level because that's when they really brought in um you know, you, you got Crispin Glover and his oh, dance Crispin moves. He's yeah. he like, "Hey, oh, yeah. where's the bottle opener?" And he gets stabbed right in the hand with the mm-hmm. bottle opener. Um, and then, you know, there all it the is. other stuff. There it <laughs> <is>. like, <laughs> if Jason could talk, if, you know, right. it's like, "Oh yeah."
3: Friday the Thirteenth Part Four has. Maybe the funniest scene in the entire series, and it's just where Crispin Glover dances oh, to this geez. like prog rock song. It's yeah. unbelievable. I got a yeah. lot of
2: catching up to get, to you guys, well, with, oh, yeah. for it's next time. One on. of the one of the very few films that has a Led Zeppelin song, even though it is not played. The guy sings Tangerine in the bathroom in the shower. Oh really? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Before you know, Jason just squashes <laughs> Did his head. Get night cheesed on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, my as far as recommendations out, out, outside of the ones i mean for me if i saw a slasher flick I, it would have to be campy i'm not i don't have this desire really to go back but i watched black christmas leading into this and joe you mentioned off on, on an email thread like is there anything joyful about it no it is not but like what scares <laughs> me is feeling you know the campiness takes me out of the horror Like it brings me out like Mm -hmm. I am watching a cheesy horror movie or a slasher flick or whatever. But like there's nothing – they don't try to be overly campy in that movie. Obviously, there's stuff that is. But it's – So is it scary? It's scary. I mean movies like that creep me out. Like seeing like can I be in that situation? Like the villain – yeah, I mean if you guys are, I'm going to watch
4: it tonight or yeah, tomorrow. Yeah,
2: it, it is definitely it, it definitely creeps me out as as far as like that and like the original Amityville Horror that those type of films where, you know, I def I had a Christian background when when I was a, when I was a kid. Upbringing and all that. And um, like those movies, Amnival Horror, Exorcist, those movies will like, Yeah. I will go back and watch those occasionally, but I, I stay away from them because I know it'll put me back in that place where I feel right. vulnerable and I feel scared. Because Satan was, was the scariest of all. He was the oh, <laughs> Dude, I am
3: right there with you. The scariest thing ever to me actually was demon possession yeah. when yeah. I was younger because I was a church kid too. And uh-huh. I'm like,
2: oh man, that scares the crap out of me. Those freaking left behind movies, man. If you want to watch something yeah. scary, where the- <laughs> Freaking guillotine! They just start guillotining people like crazy. Is women. that a verb, guillotining? I don't know. Man. <laughs> it, is now. I, it is now, man.
4: <laughs> you know what scared me when I was a kid was not monsters. Satan certainly did, but not monsters or, or stuff like that. It was uh, human a human being coming into my house. Sure, like that's what And I didn't watch a lot of these. It's funny. Maybe it was just the unknown. But mm-hmm. like my nightmares were someone coming through my bedroom window to kill me. Yeah. And it wasn't a monster, it was like a man.
3: Right. I agree that's usually scarier. Though I will say it's funny that you had me on here to talk about slashers. I would say overall I really prefer supernatural horror to yeah. to slasher movies. Like I uh, my favorite kinds of horror movies are like good monsters and ghosts. Yeah. Oh, interesting.
2: The the remake of Maniac, I don't know if you seen that no oh, have you seen that Mm-mm. i was
4: gonna see that because i read about it recently that th- th- uh, the entire movie is pov it
2: is As, as and as i you, heard it's
4: really pretty fucked up and disconcerting
2: yeah you don't see um elijah wood is as, as the villain and it's from his point of view and you see his, his reflection and mirrors and stuff yeah. like that but it's all from his point of view and the 80s 1980 version is is is, is good as well but that movie i walked away like they're really i don't think there as far as i can remember there isn't any camp at all but it freaked the hell out of me I was yeah. like this is you know Elijah Wood nailed it as far as what he did in it and um it was it was definitely all right definitely creepy Maniac the remake what about you Annie
1: Um well if you're looking for something that's kind of more uh, fun then definitely <laughs> uh <laughs> Scream and um Cabin in the Woods The Final Girls there's actually a movie called that um I like Happy Death Day
5: Yeah if you're looking oh, yeah? for
1: something terrible but you want to see a uh, a hilarious ending in Jack Black with dreadlocks. I still know what you did last summer.
0: Oh, yeah. Which includes
1: one of my favorite endings ever because, spoiler, like, the, the killer sh- apparently should have been obvious based on his name the whole time. And I love how at the end when they reveal it, they do it in a way like, you dummy, didn't you realize <laughs> like, <laughs> Mr. his name
2: Mr.
4: was Murder. Benson? <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to be like his name was Jimmy Slasher or something <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> no, like that. That's why it's funny is because, oh, I was supposed to get it right. because yeah. it's the son of Ben from uh, the first movie. Okay. That's hilarious. Ben's, oh, Ben's like son. Does Frank Little Frank Jr. Slasher? come back in the second one? He does. Oh, boy. And you, they, Definitely set it up in a way where you're supposed to think it's him, which I really appreciate because you never think it's – they didn't succeed in that.
3: That That guy is just perpetually a deer in headlights. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh. (laughs) The (laughs)
3: wide (laughs) eyes throughout those movies is, oh. The the surprise never stops.
1: Yeah. He's just constantly like, I'm (laughs) here. I got
3: to see
4: those too. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, this was a lot of fun, you guys. I feel like we could do like four more of these. And have a good time. But uh, two is going to have to do it for this year. Um, uh, I I think we should all close out by saying a curse word because uh, none of you are cursing. You're allowed to on the show. (laughs) I've been cursing. So, Annie, let's hear one. Fuck. All right. Joe? Bastard. All right. Ramsey? Horseshit. Ah, yes. Yes. Nice. Nice. Good way to finish it out. (laughs) Uh, And we will see everyone uh, next Halloween. And let's just keep these roundtables going. This is a lot of fun. Awesome. All awesome. right. Bye, everybody. Bye. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to
0: your favorite shows. Tumon Bay. Tumon Bay. Tumon Bay is weak. We need to rebuild. The epic fiction podcast, Tumen Bay, returns. Have we met before?
5: Oh, yes, General. You have no choice. It has to be done. In
0: the name of God, what have you done?
4: Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't.
2: I'm Richard Blaze and I'm a chef and
4: restaurateur who has judged or competed on nearly every cooking show. And now I've found a way to judge on a podcast. On my new podcast, Food Court with Richard Blaze, amazing guests bring their food arguments to my court and I settle them once and for all. You think ranch is better than blue cheese? Prove it. You hate pineapple on pizza? Convince me. The first season of Food Court with Richard Blaze is up, and you can subscribe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.